Welcome to Right on Track, a songwriting podcast. Thanks to Tone for tuning in. I'm Demi Michelle Schwartz, and I'm thrilled you're joining me on my songwriting journey. So kick back and relax, don't fall flat, and remember, stay right on track. Welcome back to Right on Track. This is the last episode of 2021. I cannot believe we're here already. It's been an incredible journey so far. And to end this first incredible year of the show, I am joined by one of my best friends. And it is his birthday today. We are recording on December 15th for everybody listening. But today is his birthday. He is one of my best friends. And you know him as Captain Eddie from Heart of Indie Radio. Please welcome Eddie Davis. Thank you so much. What an intro. And thank you for the happy birthdays. I appreciate that. And, you know, <laughs> this, is just, this has been such an interesting day so far. And, and from what I gather, it's long from over. So, uh, yeah, well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Thanks for hopping on with me. And before we get into our very special episode we have planned today, can you share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got into music and a little bit about Heart of Indie Radio? Sure. Well, that would be kind of a show unto itself, but um, <laughs> I guess the short version, the you know, the Cliff Notes version is uh, I didn't have a lot of choice, you know, in terms of getting into music. Uh, where I grew up, Tennessee, is the music capital of the world. You know, that's the position that I'm going to take. Um, and so, in just about any country home with a front porch on it has got musicians on the front porch. So, um, you know, I was involved in music from the from the early age, um, an interesting spin. And any of you who've listened to any of our other shows, particularly the Memphis show or the Nashville show, um, I'm not trying to plug the shows. I'm just trying to share a story here. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you've listened to the shows, then you know that I kind of grew up around music studios. And so one of the things that, that my, my mother found out um, is that as opposed to getting into trouble, I would venture into the sound studios and they seemed to adopt me, this little kid, you know, um, and they let me hang around. And so as opposed to, you know, having a babysitter, she would just drop me off at, <laughs> at Stax or King or wherever and uh, wherever we lived at the time. And, and they put up with me and I got to hang around with some really cool musicians who were recording in the studios at those times. I even had my own stool with my name on it, which was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, those those are stories unto themselves. But um, yeah, I'm a musician myself. You know, I play and I sing and I write and I do all the same things that all of you do, uh, which is why I have such a passion for music and for independent artists. Um, a little bit about Heart of Indie Radio. Heart of Indie Radio is actually an offshoot of Hands of Grace Ray of Light. And Hands of Grace Ray of Light was originally founded to support um, children's hospitals, Shriners Hospitals for Children, both in the United States and Canada, and Texas Children's Hospitals. And we do that because they will, if, if there's a family who has a child with a, you know, a chronic illness and for whatever reason that family can't afford to pay for the medical care for that child, those hospitals will step in and take care of the child. They won't even send the parents a bill. It's about the child. It's about the needs. And it comes from, well, listeners like you who hear us plugging, you know, Shriners Hospitals and Texas Children's Hospitals. And you reach out to those websites and you donate to those hospitals. 
Um, and it's, you know, it's a safe and secure way to do it, but you're touching a child's life. You're probably saving a life. And that is how we got involved. So it sprang up from that. One of the things that we figured out was we were saving children's lives when they were very young, only to lose them when they're teenagers, um, through, uh, teen suicide. And so suicide education, awareness, and prevention became a huge part of, of our campaign. And that's actually where the, the Ray comes from. Ray is actually part of the name of Madison Ray Torres, who is one of our fallen angels. I'm going to try not to get emotional with this, <laughs> but she, she's one of our fallen members and, you know, she took her own life. So that's where the hands of grace Ray of light, the R-A-E is in honor of her. And then the final part of the triad, this is, it's so sad and it's so annoying at the same time, but educational systems around the world and particularly in North America where music is so important they were cutting music programs from their curriculums you know for financial reasons they didn't have enough money in their budget they had to cut somewhere so they started cutting the arts and what's the first thing to go music and we said no that's not happening and so we so we started getting involved in different communities and pushing back and we were able to kind of uh, force some of those school districts to backpedal and uh, re-engage those programs and for those that we couldn't change we changed it in the community and we were trying to help uh, sponsor music programs in the community uh, for kids who who want to get involved in music it is so important that they at least have the opportunity it's not that they're you know that they're necessarily going to choose music as their their career path but they at least need the opportunity to have experienced it and given it a try and see if it's something that they're really passionate about. It, you know, it's, it's to me, it completes that full rounded education. So from all of that, we, uh, we started a music program. And from that, we said, okay, we've created all kinds of these graphics. We're promoting all these, all these artists online. We're helping out with stations, with managers, with record labels. What else can we do? What do they need? Well, they need a radio station. They need somewhere to get their music out in front of listeners, a platform that is theirs. And so Heart of Indie Radio was born. And so now we have uh, the Memphis show, you know, with blues, R&B, soul, and jazz. We have Hearts of Nashville, which is the Nashville sound with independent artists occupying 70% of that list. And we have the European show Unplugged, which is all kinds of nonsense. It's EDM and rock and a little bit of anything. You just don't know what's going to happen on that show, which is why it's unplugged. But whew, that's it in a nutshell. What did I leave out? I'm sure I left something out. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. All that you guys do is so, so inspiring. And that's why I was drawn to you. And I'm so honored to be a featured artist with Heart of Indy. And just keep doing all that you do because you change lives. You give independent artists a voice and so much more. Speaking of independent artists, I think you and I have something very fun planned for today, don't we? We do. This is so cool. So... <laughs> <laughs> We were talking recently, we were talking about what is it that, and, and we're going to kind of offer you guys an opportunity to send us a DM and let us know whether you want us to expand on this, but we were talking about the things that independent artists absolutely should do. They should almost be commandments. Thou shalt do these things <laughs> if, you want, if you want to be successful in the, in the music industry. And actually, some of them apply to any industry, but these are particularly music related. And one of the things that we kind of toyed with is uh, after hearing these, 
if you'd like us to come back, you know, with a top 50 or a top 100 of, of ideas and suggestions and tips for independent artists or brand new musicians or new uh, vocalists out there, maybe we could do that too. So certainly email her and let her know. Um, send her a DM, bug her to death, let her know that's what you want to hear. But yeah, so tonight we're going to talk about, this is just so cool. We're going to talk about the seven commandments for, in, for indie artists. These are things you have to do. They're not optional. These are things you have to do. So get ready to metaphorically carve it into some stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys have probably been wondering what that graphic is all about. Well, this is what it's all about. So the very first one, you know, I get the honors of kicking it off with the very, very first commandment. Commandment number one is thou shalt perform and record original music. It is so important. Yes, cover music is fun. We all love to hear cover songs. We know that. And they're fun to do. I do them, you know. But here... Here's the thing. At the end of the day, if you ever want to earn any royalties and really further your career, you're going to have to start writing your own music, you know, uh, or at least recording original music. Maybe you want maybe you're not a writer. So maybe you want to buy songs from other writers and they're they're folks who can't sing, but they can write. They're excellent writers. So you buy the songs and record them and license them. That's not your music. So definitely you have to start writing and record or buying and recording original music the quicker you can get that in your head and start doing doing that i think the better off you're going to be otherwise you're just prolonging the inevitable i think yeah i completely agree and i think for me personally when i started to explore songwriting i think singing covers when you're beginning is kind of helpful for you to explore your sound and all of those things but once you get into really performing and releasing music it's so important to share your story because i think as artists one of the most important things we have to do is share who we are and let listeners into our own lives and when you're recording somebody else's song you're basically retelling their story not yours so definitely original music and even you know if you're not a writer like eddie said um you can buy songs but also find writers that you connect with and do co-writing i think that's the best way because you're not just getting a song that somebody else wrote you're actually contributing to the writing process which i personally think is really important sure Absolutely. So what's the next one? Oh, okay. You're really good at this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep us on track here. Keep us on track. Okay. <laughs> We're right on track. <laughs> so the next one is thou shalt rehearse and prepare for live performances and recording sessions. This is so important because first talking about performances, let's start there. When you rehearse your songs over and over and over again, and you know them by heart, you're not wondering while you're performing in front of people, OMG, am I going to mess up? Or how am I going to sing this line? Or like, can I try something else here? Like, you know, you really want to nail down exactly how you're going to perform and really, you know, get those songs in your head and in your mind and all of that and in your heart as well to feel that emotion. Because when you get out in front of people, you want to deliver that and, you know, create a strong stage presence and you can't do that if you're not well rehearsed i agree 100 you know the scariest thing about being a brand new artist is that first few times on stage in front of an audience and especially those ones that are you know close enough to you that you can actually see the facial expressions that's your opportunity to build some chemistry but yes absolutely you know we say rehearse 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 till you drop and it's so true because you you do you you get your music 
your songs down to the point that it's all second nature. It's almost robotic. You know, you talk about mus memory muscles, you know, or muscle memory. The uh, same thing happens when you're singing particular songs. You're not going to forget the lines. You've sung it a hundred times in, in a rehearsal fashion. So you're ready to do it on stage. And if you're ready to do it on stage, then you can focus more on stage presence and interacting with the audience and just making the best of that situation. So, yeah, that is just so, so, so important. So on the other side of this, as I mentioned in our commandment, is recording sessions. And when I started recording, I didn't think I really needed to necessarily rehearse a lot because I wrote the songs. But once I got in the vocal booth and started recording, I started to realize that I wasn't singing the lines the same way every time. And I wasn't putting necessarily the emotion I should have into my songs because I didn't know them as well, which is kind of weird coming from a songwriter. But I've started to really rehearse what I'm going to sing before I even go to the studio. And it also saves time. Like if you don't know your songs well enough and you're in the booth singing, you keep messing up, you know, you're paying for the studio time and you want your recording to sound good. So I think rehearsing and really being prepared for sessions is important too. Yeah, there is nothing worse than hearing hearing a production manager saying, dream on, take 17. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you hear that is cha-ching, ka-ching, <laughs> time, time is money in there. And, you know, I, I would throw this other little tip in there. Even if you're recording from home, you're rehearsing from home, you're trying to get ready at home. If you can find a space at home that is yours, I don't care if it's a closet. Get used to recording in a confined space so that when you're in the sound booth and recording studio, you're used to that environment and you know what it sounds like. That may sound silly on the surface, but how you sound in an open room is going to be very different from how you sound with a headset on in a confined environment. So practice that at home too, so that you're prepared for the studio environment, because depending on the studio, it might be a wide open studio, which I've been in, or you could have all these little small booths where they plug you into and that's not your environment. You're not used to it. So be prepared for either situation. Having said that, go out to the studio you plan to use and tour the studio. Get a feel for it. Walk into the booths. Ask them to give you a full tour to let you walk around and just, you know, experience it. It is so important to make it a home if you're going to spend some time. And believe me, you're going to spend hours and hours and hours in that studio. So you can make yourself at home. Right. And my studio is my home and I can't wait to record more. So, Eddie, what is commandment number three? Oh my goodness. This is so, so important. This is, this is right up my alley. Thou shalt be active in all aspects of your brand. And what I mean by that is you need to be engaged in your own brand management. Everything from the management of you as an artist to your bookings, marketing, contracts, production, digital distribution, you need to be involved in everything. Yes, there are things that a manager does. You sign with a manager and they're in charge of your brand and to help promote you. That's part of their job. But you should never just sign away your brand and say, okay, you go do that. I'm going to sing over here. I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. No, you need to be involved and know what's going on every day, every minute with your brand and, and be involved in, in, that, in that narrative. Help make those decisions. And don't be afraid to voice your opinions if you're not really happy with the situation or you're not comfortable. It's only going to get worse. It doesn't get better. So if you're not comfortable with the situation, then voice that opinion very calmly, very respectfully, very kindly, and work through it. Having said that, you need to be familiar with music contracts 
and what's in them, what they mean for you short term and long term. And, you know, you know, we could do a session just on contracts and contract negotiations. If you guys want to hear that, send us a DM or an email. Let us know, hey, I want to know more about contracts because I don't know. I don't have a clue. That could be an entire show all by itself because it's so complicated. It's so in-depth. And to be honest, it's a little dry, but it's important. It's incredibly important. It is at the heart of everything you do. Everything else falls apart. All of your hard work, time, energy, and effort falls apart if you don't have your contracts all in line. Awesome. Um, just something to add here. I think, you know, from an indie artist's point of view, it's so important to be invested in all that you do and contribute to the development of your brand because you know me, Eddie, I like being in control and I like things to go the way I want them to go. <laughs> like I would never just let anybody make decisions for me. And I think it's important because no matter what you're doing, if it's social media or your music or production or contracts or whatever it is your name is tied to it so if you have other people making decisions for you and you're not using your voice that can actually come back around and burn you if something gets out that isn't a good representation of you or something like that so just be invested and engaged in everything to do with your brand absolutely so what's coming up next Next is thou shall effectively build an online presence and be educated in digital marketing this is huge. I feel like we live in a day and age now where the internet is basically taking over and I think it's important to not only have social media, if we want to start there with social media and the online presence, you can't just have social media for personal reasons. You have to learn how to use it for marketing and networking and all of those things and tied into an online presence, which I think is one of the most important things beyond your social networks is a website. You have to have a website even before you release your first single. I think it's so important to start building up that website because that is your home on the internet and you have complete control over it you know i couldn't agree more it is so important that you are engaged on social media and uh and by that i don't, I don't mean just making comments and measuring likes and retweets and those are interesting numbers but you've got to dig in behind those numbers and look at the real analytics how many people did you get in front of you know uh, that that's what's really important and yes understanding digital marketing today, because it's not the same animal as it was five years ago or 10 years ago. It is very different. And so you need to understand what the advantages are from company to company to company. What do each of them offer you and which one best suits your brand and your goals for now? None of them are forever contracts. Back to contracts again. Uh, none of them are forever. Just figure out which one actually works better for you and we can talk about that too more in depth because that's its its own thing but it's just so important to get involved in in social media because as far as as i'm concerned social media whether we like it or not social media and websites online presence is the future of music that that's where it's going to be and we talked about this the other day and it's so scary and we've done a few little surveys and it always lands between the low 70s to low 80 percent uh, range and what I'm about to refer to is we always sample a hundred new artists and evaluate which ones have websites and it's always like almost a quarter of them don't even have websites that is so scary you can't you cannot be a, a music artist and not have a website 
even if it's just some very fundamental information. Here's my story. You know, here's my vlog. Here are some links to my my YouTube videos. You know, you got to have some. Here's, here's how to contact me. Here's how to book me. Oh, there's an important one. You want to book me? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important. And I think, you know, talking about websites could be its own episode as well because, guys, guess who manages mine? Eddie does. <laughs> 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 guilty as charged oh my goodness it's just so important and, and you know that's that's another thing too is make sure that if you're not going to manage your own social media or your own website make sure you're getting someone that you really trust to do it because they need to be on top of it and it needs to be done right it needs to be timely it needs to be accurate and those are things that can slip away from you really fast you know it's important to be on top of that exactly so, Edin, what is next in our list of commandments? Well, according to the hieroglyphics here on this stuff, <laughs> commandment number five, thou shalt be realistic in goals for all aspects of your music career. And I think this is so important, too. It's, import it's important to be realistic about the time investment you're going to need. If you haven't played that instrument before, you can expect it. There's an old number that used to get passed around. If you're going to learn a new instrument, you can expect to spend 10,000 hours learning it to be at really commercial level performance. That's probably not unreasonable. That's, that's a lot of time. Anyway, having said that, it's important to really budget how much time you need to learn what you need to learn about the business, to learn the instrument, to learn the vocals, to go through vocal training, to learn to write. And the budgeting, how much is all this going to cost? Be realistic about that. What does studio time cost? What do managers cost? What does marketing cost? All those things are, are really, you know, integral to your success. And then finally, I want to make it in show business. I want to make it in music. How long is that going to take before one of my songs takes off and this thing ever starts to make any money? I think you hit all the great points because, you know, I think sometimes when we start in music, you can have these very unrealistic goals and if things don't happen as quickly as you want or if your career doesn't unfold the way you envision it would, you can feel a little bit discouraged but I think you have to recognize that if you look at the big mainstream artists, they didn't just wake up one day and make it. A lot of time and energy and hard work went into that so if you want to be in the music industry, you have to put in the work and then things will fall into place for you. So commandment six is, thou shalt always strive for selflessness and integrity. This is such a big one. It's so, so important. First about selflessness, I think it's so important to give back to the music industry. You can't take from it and you can't go into it thinking everything's about you and listen to my music, listen to my music. You need to support other people and create a space for other people as well. And this is one of the main reasons why I started this podcast. It's because I think it's really important to allow other people in the industry, songwriters, artists, whoever, to come on and share their stories and talk about things that matter to them. And I think when you lift up others and create spaces for others, it's just a win-win situation because you create friends in the industry, you build your network, and at the end of the day, we're all climbing this ladder together. It's not a competition. So I think it's really important to show so much support for everybody else in the industry. I agree 100%. You know, there's probably three points I can think of that I would want to make sure that that 
is clear if, if we're going to talk about this topic. And the first one is uh, just being transparent and honest and forthright in all of your dealings, always with everyone that you work with from other, from fellow artists to officials in the industry. It is just so, so important to have that reputation to where they know if it comes out of your mouth, it's true. It may not be correct, but you believed it to be true. It wasn't something that you were dishonest about. It is so, so, so important. Now, another thing that I think is important here, and I'm just going to throw this in, and this may be popular and it may not, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> it is what it is. You ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Don't be a parasite. <laughs> How many of us have gotten emails from folks or phone calls from folks and the only time they ever reach out to us is when they want right. something. Right. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Oh, don't do it. You know, down the street from that are the emails where they open up and they're talking for two or three sentences about something nice and warm and fuzzy and then you get into the meat of the email and they want something. <laughs> it's like, there it is. Where it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. There it is. Don't do that. You know, if you're gonna, if you're going to send out an email to someone or you're going to call them on the phone or you're going to text them and it's a personal communication, keep it personal. It's so important. Keep it personal. That way you're building communication integrity. And I preach about this in the office all the time. It's so important. Communication integrity is important because when you get that email and it starts out with something funny in the subject line, it's going to be funny all the way through the email. If it starts out with business in the subject line or the first sentence is about business, okay, at least they're honest. They need something straightforward about it. Don't hide it. Be, be, be transparent and be consistent. It's so, so, so important. And integrity is so important. You know, back to, again, being transparent, being honest. That is so important. Your integrity is everything. And if you build a reputation of not being transparent, not being, not having integrity um, and being a parasite, not giving back to the industry, just take, 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 take. You will build a reputation for that and people will not want to work with you. Nope. From managers to labels, even writers won't want to work with you because they don't trust you, you know, and you don't want that reputation. So as uncomfortable as those words were that I just shared with you, and they come from decades of working with artists and working with managers and working around labels, they talk about these things. They don't talk about them openly, but they talk about these things and they know you know, who the really cool people are and the ones that it takes a while to get through. Right. Yeah. And I think what this all kind of boils down to is putting a focus on relationships, because if you think about just personal relationships, you want to be honest. You want trust to be there. You want it to be, you know, a way for open two way communication. And just because some of these businessy relationships in music can be more professional, I think the focus still needs to be on building a relationship with that person. And then you can probably ask for something or they'll offer for it to you first like I've been in many situations where I connected with somebody who was on say a station or a blog or something and I didn't even have to say hey can I send you my music because we knew each other at that point and they saw I had a new release and they said hey like do you want me to feature me or they said hey do you want me to feature you on my site and I'm like okay yeah awesome so I think the relationships are so important yeah and I don't want to give out the wrong impression I don't want to give the impression that you can't, in a personal communication, talk about music. Sure you can. You know, you can You can be talking for five minutes on the phone, and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, is John ever going to release that new track or not? 
that's okay. <laughs> you know, because you, you've had this long personal conversation. It wasn't, you know, two sentences about you and your family and then blah, 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 I need all this stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, just respect is what it comes down to. Just having respect for the person that you're interacting with and respect for their time as well because time is a commodity that we can't create. We have 24 hours a day and depending on your sleep cycle, <laughs> you have you have X number of minutes per day that you can allocate to things. I can tell you, I'm not in control of hardly any of mine. Megan controls mine and she does that for a reason because I, she says I'm too nice and I will overbook myself and I, I will. And so she controls it. I don't have any say so over that. <laughs> I will overcommit because I don't know how to say no. I'm, I'm too nice. I don't know how to say no. Um, so that doesn't mean you can take advantage. You, now you got to go through Megan. So good luck with that. Um, anyway, <laughs> so our, our last one, and this is probably the biggest one, and we could talk about this for an entire show, but commandment number seven, again, according to these hieroglyphics on the stone, thou shalt believe in yourself. Oh my goodness. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to. They're looking for your own sense of self-worth, you know, don't underestimate yourself. Don't underprice yourself. Embrace who you are and run with it. You're in charge of your brand, your music, everything about yourself. You're in charge of it. Yeah, I struggle with self-belief. I still do a little bit. And you know this. You've told me a million times. Just believe in yourself. Stop saying you can't do something. Stop this. Stop that. Um, I think when you're a new artist, it's super intimidating because... You can look up to these mainstream artists, but then you also have your peers, the other independent artists, and you can see them succeeding, and you're like wondering if you're good enough, if your voice is good enough, if your writing's good enough, if your personality fits the industry. There's so many things that go into it, and I really struggled with it when I started. I feel like I'm getting better, and I think one of the biggest things that helped me get better is I think you really need to find the people in your life who will support you and encourage you, <clears throat> Eddie Davis. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, it's really important to have those people because if you don't have somebody in your corner cheering you on, you can feel like insignificant and all those things. So I think, you know, believing in yourself and having that select few people who really believe in you too, and that'll help you a lot. Well, you know, you, you kind of hit on something that I think is, is worthy of exploration here. First of all, Every artist get, gets butterflies when they when they go on stage, depending on the venue. You know, whether you if you're used to singing to six thousand people, all of a sudden you got sixty thousand people. That's a whole different animal. But anyway, having said that, every artist goes through stage fright, and you may see someone someone who is a you know um, a talented artist and has been on tour. And they're doing a great job on stage. They seem to be just killing it. But what you don't know is they go backstage and they cry. I can tell you a few artists right now. Um, I won't, but they have that challenge. You know, they perform their music, they do their videos, and then they go off to the side stage and they bawl because they, they don't feel like they pulled it off the way they planned it. Well, here's what I was coming back to. Is my music good enough? Well, good enough for who? <laughs> there's a niche. There's a niche for every artist. There's a niche for every music. That's why we have so many genres and subgenres, which is also why all those lines that divide music are slowly blurring. 
you know, because there's such crossover. You know, I'm reminded of an artist who back in the 60s literally held a sign up that said, I can't sing. Bob Dylan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, I can't sing. And, you know, for mainstream commercial music, he had a rough sound to him. But now, you know, now he's an award-winning artist. I mean, he is legendary, but he has his own unique sound. I think that drives home the point that there's there's not a plateau that you have to get to. You have to get to the point that you're entertaining, you believe in yourself. Again, you find people who do believe in you and help promote you. And then you find an audience that is in love with your sound, whatever that sound is. Right. Yeah. Also, I want to add here real quick is I think part of this too is having, you know, the right expectations for yourself. I feel like you can get into the headspace of if you can't do everything, then you're just not good, period. And I think uh, a part of self-belief is recognizing your strengths and weaknesses and embracing those and recognizing that some things will be easy for you, some things won't, some songs will perform well, some won't, some things will go well, some things will be train wrecks, and like that's just a part of life in general. Not everything's going to be perfect, so you can't have this expectation that your music career is going to be this flawless thing, and I think that's really important to remember. Yeah, and I think it's also important to remember that, or at least consider maybe remember it's not not the adjective i'm looking for but consider that the genre that you're shooting for may not be who you are that's hard to embrace sometimes that maybe you're shooting for country and you're a different you're rock or vice versa um and you just need to be willing to accept that and i want to backpedal just a second because i, I feel like bob dylan's going to come at me <laughs> <laughs> there are songwriters who can't sing and there are singers who can't write and there are some who do both and she he does both in fact bob dylan actually won the nobel prize in literature for his songwriting so from the guy holding up a sign that says i can't sing to the guy who later wins the nobel prize in literature for his songwriting i think that says it all right there, you know, believing in yourself and willing to, and he carved his own path. There was no path for his music. Yeah. I mean, he was in my, an American folk, so there was kind of a genre for it, but even within that genre, he carved his own path through that and rock and merged the two. Uh, and it happened to be at a time, in a time when the country was in turmoil anyway with the war, but you take advantage of those situations, you know, as an artist, you know, every year we have something going on in our own country. Most recently we had COVID. And so, you know, think about Allison Leia taking advantage of that with, we can, we can still sing. That was so cool. That was brilliant. You know, I love her. She's, she is such a cool artist, but that, that, that's a great opportunity of, you know, it's a great example of taking that opportunity, that opportunity and running with it. And she did. And it's a beautiful song. If you haven't checked it out, you need to check that out. So instead of holding up signs that say, I can't sing, how about we all create signs that say, I believe in myself and hold those up? I can sing and I can write <laughs> and you don't have to like it, <laughs> but I do <laughs> and someone does. And, you know, if you're touching, if you're, here's the thing, make music that is relatable. Your, your art should be relatable uh, to others and touch their hearts, touch their lives and help them understand that, you know what? My life maybe doesn't suck. Maybe it's not just me. There's other people who feel the way I do. I'm not weird after all. I'm okay. <laughs> and music does that for us in a way that words can't. Yeah. You know, because we have the music and the lyrics to go with it. But yeah, 
this is just su such such a cool thing to cover here and i'm so glad you invited me to come help with this because this is this is just this is so cool and this is just seven of them so if you guys want us to kind of talk about 50 tips or 100 tips we can do that but I, I thought this was fun so thank you for inviting me this is cool it was super super fun um so how are you feeling about just carving these very important seven commandments well i think that well it is my hope that people will listen to this podcast and consider this in fact it is my sincere hope that they will click repeat and replay it and listen to it and take notes and you know apply some of these things to their lives uh, just imagine how much independent artists lives would change if they would apply even half of these oh my goodness can you imagine how our industry would change if they applied some of these things particularly in, in terms of giving back to the community you know we didn't talk about this and it's worth repeating it's worth exploring and here's this one little thing please don't hoard information <laughs> i have seen this time and time again where brand new artists won't share information about how to do things because they feel like it gives the other artists a leg up don't do that technology is such a pain sometimes and you've, you you spent hours figuring it out and you got the answer you know how to do it well share that so the next person doesn't have to invest six hours of their life and reinvent the wheel when you already know how to do it. And then conversely, they probably know something you don't know how to do. And so, yeah, stop reinventing the wheel. Let's all work together. It's one industry. It's music. We all love music. Let's just do it. Right, exactly. Yeah, and like I said, you know, that's a big part of this show. Like, we all are on here talking about our experiences, our successes, what we struggled with. And I think it's so important as independent artists and, um, you know, others in the industry to be transparent about that, which we talked about earlier, because we can learn from each other's successes, but we can also learn from each other's struggles as well. So, yeah. Cool. Right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course. This has been cool. It was fabulous having you. Before you go, can you share with everybody where they can find Heart of Indie Radio and Hands of Grace Ray of Light on social and listen to the shows? Absolutely. So you can find us, all of our handles on all of our social media is really simple. It's at Heart of Indie. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Mixcloud. You can find us at our, our online presence is handsofgracerayoflight.com. That's actually handsofgrace-rayoflight.com or simply heartofindyradio.com. And so uh, we don't have a TikTok account yet. Let us know if you want us to do that. It's just another thing to manage. It might be fun. I don't know. We haven't done it yet, though. But yeah, definitely, definitely check us out. Check out the shows. Send us comments especially for the artists if you love their music or you hate their music or you wish they'd done this or done that send us the dms because we'll share that with the artists they love the feedback they want to know that you're listening number one and and if you love it or don't love it or if you have suggestions they want to hear those things they're brand new they're looking for the feedback and you know anyway yes definitely check us out we we love the dms and check out our top 10 every week because that's important uh check out our top 10 um that is a really tight algorithm. Why is it only 10? Well, if it was a top 100, your odds would be tenfold about getting into that, into that chart. But since there's only 10, it's really pretty tight to get in there. You can also check us out on Spotify, by the way. On Twitter, our top 10 has a link to our Spotify account, which you can just sit and listen to the top 10 spin. If you want to go ch hear what the, what the captain listens to, what does he listen to? Does he listen to these songs all the time? Well, you can go to the boathouse. We've created a... Um, a link there for you there is a channel it's called the boathouse and it's all of my music it's kind of the stuff i listen to going down the road 
in my own vehicle. So, yeah. And you will find her in there. Yeah, she's in there. Yep. Spotify is handled by yours, surely. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it is managed by you. And <laughs> by the way, thank you so much for, for your dedicated service for being a featured artist, a signed artist with Heart of Indie Radio. We are so proud to have you and so honored to have you on this team. Uh, it is just awesome. We love all of our artists. They're all hardworking individuals who understand the concept of selflessness and giving back is so, so cool. Yeah. So thank you so much again, Eddie. Everyone, Eddie is going to be back with me for another episode right after this one for the first episode of 2022. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, though. Stay, stay right, right on, on track. track. Thank you.